Welcome to The Thinking Tree, a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm Adam Sanchez. And I'm Jeff No. And today we are discussing navigating conflicts. All right, for a second there, I almost forgot what we were doing right now. Just going <laughs> to be honest about that, even though I know my wife's going to give me a hard time about what I have prepared. Anyways. I think we're talking. We're talking. Right. We're talking about heads, things. About things. About conflicts. Yes. About arguments. Mm. Differences yes. and difficulties and all those things. So here's a question for today. And we're in our, we're in our theme of this season of practical ministry questions, practical Christian life. And so the question this time is, how should Christians think about navigating conflicts in life? Because, mm. I mean, I don't know about you. But these happen all the time. All the time. Am I am I such a regular? I don't even get introduced as a guest anymore. What? Oh, wow. I, I love no. I, don't I love really that. Know what to do right I now. love that. I'm guys. This is Jesse Sanchez, and I'm just here. This always happens in my dining room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you am, live here. I live here. Right. I was just going because so I'm here like, I am. You were on a bunch of episodes last season. <laughs> like true. here, we just it's go. It's true. It's true. We're diving right in. Have we just yeah. blown the whole image that we have? Like this massive podcast studio. I think Did so. Did anyone yeah. ever believe that? I, I don't know. No, I don't know. It guys. sounds amazing. No. Right, 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 right. The guys do a phenomenal job. Okay, well, welcome, wifey. Hi, we're talking about Joining us again, conflict. talking about conflicts, which we just avoided right now. <laughs> It's fantastic. Well if done. you guys were listening well, you saw how we did that. And right. get, okay, anyways. The nature of conflict. Let's talk about that as we dig back in here. So conflict, being at odds with another person over what you think, what you want, or what you do, or what you think the other should do. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Bible, in James chapter four, verses one and two, we see that the nature of conflicts or the nature of wars and quarrels among people is when we don't get what we want. We right. want something to happen a certain way, to occur a certain way, and we're upset that it didn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. And so then we have friction, we have conflict. The interesting thing is this side of glory, it is impossible to avoid conflict. And I would even say this, conflict isn't always bad. Though there, there are bad ways of navigating it, there are bad ways of dealing with it. There mm -hmm. are sinful ways of dealing with it too. The nature of conflict is not always bad, but I would say 99% of the time people really struggle to deal with it yeah. well. In practice, it ends up being quite sinful because we're sinners. It is. Yeah. We're dealing with differences. Um, and, you know, we say this in, in uh, whether it's with our membership or uh, even on some difficult theological issues, we'll say we're calling each other to unity not necessarily uniformity. Mm -hmm. And so there are matters of uh, there are matters that can be different. They don't all have to be the exact same. Right. If we're talking about the nature of the gospel, that's different. We need to be clear on the nature of the gospel. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about, you know, you know, some churches war over the color of their uh, chairs or the color of the floor. Mm -hmm. if we're talking about those things. Preferences. Those are preferences. Those yeah. aren't those aren't things we need to war on. So we need to be unified in those things, but not we don't have to be the same. We don't have to be the exact same. But conflict starts when we have a difference, when we have something that that we want to be a certain way or we expect something to be a certain way and then it doesn't happen that way. And now we make judgments in our heart about the other person. We start accusing, we start uh, mm. just down this uh, slippery slope as, as we like to call it uh, for all the difficulties. We either take that like ostrich approach. You guys mm -hmm. know the ostrich mm -hmm. puts its head in the ground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no problem here. These aren't the droids you're looking for for the Star Wars fans. There's <laughs> there's nothing going on and we just we just run, we escape. You know, right. you've probably heard of like a fight or flight response. So we fly, mm. we escape it. And on the other side, you have the intense 
response. Like, oh, I'm going to make sure it's this way. I'm going to make sure the outcome is the way that I want it, the way it should be. And so we attack and we fight. As you guys have looked at, at conflicts within, whether it's within the church or among people, I know there's a good wealth of wisdom here at the table and experience in navigating conflicts. Have, have you seen these escape and attack responses and how people have tended to lean one way or the other? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to your what you said just a moment ago, and I've been preaching on this on Sundays, this idea of the kingdom of self. Mm-hmm. We all want to build our own kingdoms. Yeah. We want, mm-hmm. that's what James 4 is talking about, the desires of our heart the affections of our heart. We want what we want. Mm-hmm. And this idea of, of submitting to others or considering the needs of others more important than ourselves, yeah. that's foreign to us as sinners. So it's something that we, we need to be sanctified in. Yep. But yeah, oftentimes you get these two extremes, either completely withdraw mm-hmm. and try to ignore it, go right. past Deny. it. Yeah, as if it's gonna go away. Right. It doesn't. Nope. But if we put our heads in the sand and we walk away, then mm-hmm. we think it's gonna go away. And then there's the attack side, which, you know, uh, can be very threatening mm-hmm. to certain people, mm-hmm. very ominous, uh, can be dangerous even if mm-hmm. a person has, struggles with anger. Yeah. Right. Um, and that that escalates the conflict. The thing about the passive person, they think they're de-escalating, but they're not solving the problem. Right, yeah. right. And that's that's where we it's can avoidance. be fooled. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It can be called peace faking. That's, uh, that's yeah. the term that uh, Ken Sandy uses in the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be peacemakers, but those who utilize escape responses are peace fakers. That's they're pretending there's peace, but there's not. Yeah. And then the attack response people are the obviously peace breakers. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Those are some really good names. I mean. Don't be a peace faker. Don't be a peace breaker. Be a... Peacemaker. Peacemaker. There we go. It'd be good for everybody listening to see, we're all on a spectrum (laughs) in the way we deal with conflict. Do you lean more on one side or the other, the withdrawer or the attacker, Mm -hmm. uh, or or do you take a more healthy position? And sometimes it's different depending on the relationship and context. That's true. Right. right? right. Like you could be pretty quarrelsome at work and then at home come and clam up. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That's good. Could be. Any other thoughts about that part before we talk about some of the ramifications of those slippery slope positions. No, let's go. I think I feel like it's almost a silly thing to say, hey, we're going to talk about conflict. Do you guys know what that is? Because like, I I mean, we all experience it all the time in all relationships and we see the widespread damage that it happens and occurs. So it's how we respond. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the it times is. it's 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 learned behavior. We've seen mm-hmm. our our parents or somebody we respect the way they respond. So we've taken that mm-hmm. that stance for ourselves, or maybe it was just fleshly. We're just mm-hmm. we just doing what we feel, right? Right, and right. we're not really thinking about the biblical ramifications mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And that's where it gets dangerous when that doesn't even enter our mind. It's just I'm in a conflict. I need to either win this conflict or I make need to make it go away. But mm-hmm. I haven't really thought biblically about right. it. And so much is based on assumption too. Like stuff just gets blown out of proportion. We assume people's motives or we assume that the reason why they did what they did or we read into it and then it becomes, and then our sin sin nature just blows (laughs) everything up. So just normal differences, which are okay and part of God's design and creation. There's God-designed diversity where different people are different. And um, even think of the... the, um, in First Corinthians about the body, right? All the different parts, right, the different parts right. can't mm-hmm. say, I don't need you because you're not the same as me, how we affect one another. But but then when we get close to each other and we're surprised that people yeah. think differently than we and hold different convictions and operate their families in different ways. And, right. and then we sin because of it. Right. Yeah, there's judgment on yeah. others for those differences. So it's almost like the hand says to the foot, I'm better than you. Or the ear says to the eye, like, you know, you, you don't have it figured out, I do. 
And those judgments, those are like when we talk about the response, that's that's really when it crosses the line because the difference wasn't the issue in the beginning. Mm. Right. The difference of the eye and the ear and the nose and the mouth and the hand and the feet, all those things are beautiful in God's all economy good. and useful in the proper place. So even somebody who may not love conflict, that's not a that's that's not qualitatively bad to not love conflict. Uh, nor is the person who's like, hey, I'm ready for a good debate. Like that's not inherently sinful, right, you know, in, right. in that. It's when we take it a step further, we start, you know, making assumptions about each other, making judgments about each other. And then the, we watch the relationships deteriorate and break down. So, you know, some of the things that we've seen when conflicts aren't resolved well, I mean, we see breakups. I mean, we we mm-hmm. we were with um, you know a younger church body that is in a lot of relationships all the time, you know, <laughs> with college life and all that. And so we see the breakups, and those can be really painful when they're not done in a God honoring way, and then they're right. awkward. And somebody's like, "Well, now I can't be at the same church as you." Right. And, right. You know, supposedly they were brothers and sisters in Christ, but now the conflict's so bad that they can't, you know, be, t- be around each room. other yeah. anymore. And yeah. So then that's painful. Uh, divorce is extraordinarily painful, but not yeah. just for a husband and wife, but if there's kids as well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of heartache, and then you know, friends are pulled into different sides, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is very very painful. Uh, we've seen church splits even here yeah. in our valley. Yeah. Uh, and those those are really hard when. And uh, there's those just strong held opinions, but then there's the lack of willingness towards unity, judging each other and all those intense things. Mm. Um, and families, mm-hmm. you know, family avoidances. Um, people not talking to each other, cutting those years. toxic people out yeah. of their lives. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really painful. Have you guys seen some of these things as well? Too many. Too many to count. So, I, I, so I'm many. not asking for right. <laughs> names or specific situations but yeah. these are the things the stubbornness the the inability to um, to see another's perspective to mm. to work through things to say okay you know I, I, I may have a part in this um, or to say um, man I need to give way on this I need to yield on this because ultimately there's a bigger picture than whether I'm right or wrong mm-hmm. right. I mean all of these things it's all it's all built into our flesh if we don't if we don't sanctify that out if we don't put that off, Man, that is in our flesh. We can all feel it, right? That's, and I know we'll talk in some other some other um, episodes about some some ways to to get past that. Yeah. But man, that, in all of those cases, that's worth it. And it starts small, often, mm-hmm. yeah. on something that could have been resolved if right. if you'd taken the time that to deal with it. Didn't have to lead to where it did. Exactly. But, yeah. Right. And um, and then you end up in very painful places. Divorce, yeah. obviously painful. Church splits. We've all know people, I know. Mm-hmm. and and then when you and it's funny with church splits. Oftentimes you'll ask somebody, "How did that start?" And they're like, "I'm not sure. Uh-huh. I just know that there were these two <laughs> At guys, the end, right?" Yeah. yeah, and it's funny yeah. they'll say, I, "I I think they both love God, but they couldn't figure it out." Right, well, and you think, "How is that possible?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we can't just say, okay, you know, we're going to agree to disagree. We have preference differences on this, yeah, but we can live in peace. Yeah. But you couldn't pull that off. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just such a lack of humility, I think. Mm. And I mean, I see that in my own heart with all conflict too. It's if we could, it's okay. You can hold things strongly, yeah, and still be humble. You exactly. don't have to insist that everyone see it your way or that it even be done, whatever it is, mm-hmm. your way. Like it's okay to stand firm somewhere and to say, I don't have to have my own way always. Right. But we we want our own way. We right. ri- because because we're right. <laughs> because we're doing minds, we're doing yeah. it the best, right? And so there can be almost, I mean, especially with in believers, believing relationships and within the church, this almost self-righteousness too, mm, where it's like, yeah. because I'm right, but not humble, I'm gonna force this on and then it just is such a mess. Right. Yeah. 
So how do we solve it? <laughs> oh, piece of cake. <laughs> so easy. Uh, so we do want to provide some encouragements, basic, basic foundations of biblical conflict, resolu- uh, reconciliation. You can call it resolution. Depending mm. on who you listen to, they might even take offense at resolution rather than yeah. reconciliation. But we're mm. talking about resolving conflicts. We're talking about bringing peace. Uh, so some basic principles. The, really, the first one is the most foundational one. The only way that we can begin to reconcile with one another, our differences and uh, the judgments that we make, is through the gospel. Yeah. If we don't start there, even unbelievers can't solve conflict. Truly, no, they, they cannot. They can't get to peace. Uh, we know that that peace is found through God. Mm-hmm. Right. God is the only one who brings peace because at nature we are at war with Him. Right. Un, unrepentant, unreconciled man is at war with the Creator, with mm-hmm. the holy, righteous Creator. So, no unrepentant unbeliever can actually be reconciled to anyone or to be at peace with anyone. That doesn't mean we can't work towards it. That doesn't right. mean we can't have the disposition of peace even with unbelievers. But we're talking to professing believers here about how we can right. pursue conflict reconciliation that the principles are all good, but the unbeliever won't be able to start where we need to start, which is with the gospel. Right. right. And the first principle that we have from the gospel is that we've been forgiven. Right. We have been yeah. graciously dealt a a non-judicial uh, <laughs> Uh, result of our sin from God. Mm. We don't suffer what we are due. We are due death and destruction and the penalty of sin is due to all of us. And God has laid on him, that is Christ, the iniquity of us all. Mm -hmm. So we haven't got what we deserve. Right. That's the standard that we start with is that we're not doing a a tit for tat. We're not taking vengeance mm-hmm. on other people, even mm-hmm. if they have wronged us. We're starting with the disposition of the gospel saying, God has forgiven us. Therefore we ought to imitate him. Colossians 3, 12 uh, through 15 remind us that to graciously forgive one another as we've been forgiven. Thoughts on that. on starting with the gospel. Yeah. And I know that some people listening may go, wow, the gospel, that's just so, uh, so such a general term. Basic. So basic. What yeah. does that actually mean? And I, and so I would boil it down to, cause what you said is not wrong, obviously, but I would boil it down to, we remember our, our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. That that's where, when you, if you boil down, cause the gospel is all these pieces, right. From, from creation to, to redemption, but our identity in Christ, that's where we have to start, right? We, as believers, as people who, who, who were formerly, uh, you know, far off. Alienated. Right, yeah. alienated and been brought near, reconciled to God. We now have to respond to conflict and other people in a different way, in a higher way. Because we've been forgiven so much, right? We've been right. reconciled mm-hmm. to God. So we have to battle for reconciliation in our relationships. That's our calling. Yeah. It's not, it's not really, it's not something we say, well, you know, it's nice that I've been forgiven, but I'm just going to keep on living in the flesh right. and just, just steamrolling people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't do it. We can't do it. Yeah. I think that because of um, being pe- the people of God, being, having access to that peace, right? That unbelievers mm-hmm. don't, um, the gospel is so critical because it is what makes it possible because it feels impossible. When you think about yeah. some of the conflicts that you've seen or that you've been in, it feels like it's impossible. Right. There's no way that this can be resolved. I think, which is often why the church imitates the world in terms of resolving conflicts so horribly. Mm-hmm. And so the gospel is where it all has to start. I'm actually going to read the um, for, uh, Colossians 3 passage. Um, I was As I was speaking with the ladies a little bit ago, this was really pivotal. So Colossians 3, um, 12 through 15, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, 
kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And the peace of God, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, and when which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful." And I think sometimes we can read that and think, I think, okay, here's a list. This is what I got to do, right? I kind of gird my loins and white knuckle it and be like, okay, I've got to do these things. I've got to be these things. And that's the wrong response. Mm -hmm. Because of the gospel, I don't have to be and put, I don't have to do these things because I've been saved and reconciled to Christ. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. It's not a here, go now and do this, but it's more of a remember who you are. When you remember the gospel, we realize that the impossible things we can do, we can love our enemies because God loved us when we were enemies, Right. right? We can take initiative in resolving conflict. God initiated that with us. We can admit our own faults. We should be good at that, actually, if we've confessed our sins to God and we're ongoing mm-hmm. doing that, that should come as second nature. Um, we can make conflict an opportunity as a witness to be that difference that the world doesn't see. So it's not, here's a big list, now let me do this. Um, but hmm. I'm gonna quote Ken Sandy here um, from Resolving Everyday Conflict. He says, God saved me by giving his son to die for me, proving that I am loved, a loved, forgiven, and reconciled child of God. Therefore, I love Therefore, I forgive. Therefore, I reconcile. I am, therefore I do. Right. So the gospel is pivotal because it reminds us who we are. Yeah, that Colossians 3 passage, I, I can't think of a better one mm-hmm. for this discussion. Mm-hmm. So, so for, for those listening, Colossians 3, 12 to 15, you know, highlight it, read it, you know, meditate on it. It's amazing. And notice how it starts those who've been chosen by God. So imagine a, a group of people who all understand they're unworthy mm-hmm. of God's love, mm-hmm. but they've been chosen by God and therefore that's who they are. Mm-hmm. And therefore this is this is the natural outflow of their lives because that's what Christ has made them. Mm-hmm. That'll preach. Yeah, right. yeah that'll right preach. I love, I just want to highlight, I love that you both are emphasizing the nature of identity in Christ yeah. and on who who we are in him then impacting who who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. That it's not mm-hmm. we do this because it's it's no, we're in him first. And that emphasis of of the gospel, Jeff, I'm glad that you highlighted that because it's not just a it's not just working through our theological workbook of what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. It's personal application first saying, here's who I am in Christ. Here's what God has done for me and right. then being able to bring that to bear in a situation and say, okay, so since I have been forgiven in these ways that I know that I'm very aware of my shortcomings and my failings, now when I'm dealing with others, this is the starting thought. Right. I've been dealt graciously with, I am in Christ. He enables me to forgive because he's forgiven me. That's where we start. Exactly. Right. That's so it's good. Right. It's good. So then taking taking the the foundation of the gospel, then we know, and this will you both have emphasized, then we go and, and we follow through with those convictions about who we are in Christ and what is true from God's word with then application, mm-hmm. right. applying the gospel in real situations. Everyday life happens mm-hmm. all the time. Conflicts are always happening, whether you get cut off on the freeway or whether you have somebody say something to you that was uncomfortable that you didn't like. There's all kinds of conflicts that happen every single day, misunderstandings and you name it. Our job isn't to necessarily know uh, the right response in every single situation, uh, but to really be faithful 
to be peacemakers, right. to let the the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And so maybe if one of you or both of you want to talk about the difference between just knowing the gospel and then pursuing peace with others, and maybe give us a little sound bite for a minute or two. No, go ahead. I know, I'm oh, teeing up a question that's not on our notes. Something you guys I know. Cool. So what's the difference between knowing and doing? Well, just even just teeing, I mean, setting you up to discuss how, how do we take this from knowledge to practice, to saying, all right, now you got to apply these principles. What does that look like to be a peacemaker? Yeah, I well, mean. There's a number of steps to it. <laughs> there's, yeah. There are, but let's start just at the high, high, high level. Like taking it from, from hey, I, I read it in a book to yep. okay, now I got to pursue it with people. Well, you got to practice it. <laughs> like you, you have to first of all, you have to just do it, and then <clears throat> and then yeah, you have to practice, and you're going to be bad at it probably <laughs> in the beginning. But it, if if your faith is more than an intellectual pursuit, right? If it's real, if you live it, um, then it should translate to your life. And so that meditating upon the gospel and who you are and how, and how viewing others as Christ views them. So then even when you come into conflict, you recall those things to mind and rely upon the Holy Spirit for help. I guess I'm like, of course, come on, adults should know how to do this, right? And I train, <laughs> I try training my kids. And so um, I'm trying really hard to teach them and to give them practical things to do in order to practice self-control or honesty. Um, but honestly, I've been more recently just like really trying to help them to go to God. Mm. So I'm like, okay, my son is angry. Obviously his fists ball up. You can see the anger building. And I'm like, okay, buddy, I need you to take a deep breath and I need you to ask God for help. Because mm. I can tell you not to be angry or throw something or how we should be thinking about others in this moment. But the reality is all of that is a fake without the spirit. And so I'm trying to teach them to go straight to the Lord right away. Um, and I and then if I don't do that myself, I'm a big fat hypocrite. <laughs> so it's my, myself too, where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're starting to get crazy. And Adam can attest over Christmas, I cut my finger open because I was chopping and they were fighting and I looked up and I was like, you two get along right through my finger. Ouch. Um, and so and even in that, I was convicted. I was like, I should have taken a breath right. <laughs> and asked God for help yeah. in that <laughs> moment. So that's, that's where you start. I would say that's where you start. Yeah. So as you were asking the question, I'm thinking about, first of all, about myself, the way mm. I do this because I've not always done this well. Mm. And you guys know me, I can be combative. And I have strong opinions. And uh, you have strong opinions. I know. I know. <laughs> no um, way. So, so I mean, well, what good preacher doesn't though, right? Oh, well, that's I mean, that's true. You don't want a passive preacher. No. But but yeah, no. I actually take take a breath is really actually a really important place to start. And I have to do this. Take a breath. Take some time if possible. You bump into conflict. The mm-hmm. best thing you can do in that moment, at least for me, because again, because of the way my temperature runs is to not react at all, but mm. to take a deep breath, step back, and, and, and again, think in that moment, who am I? Mm-hmm. Before I respond in the flesh, who mm. am I? Okay, right. I'm a child of who God. Who do you belong to? Yeah. Exactly, right. And lift my eyes before I say anything or write anything, because <laughs> we all sometimes <laughs> deal with conflict even in emails mm-hmm. and text yeah, messages. that's true. Lift your eyes before you say or write anything. Remember that whatever happens next, it's really not about winning the argument, I had to learn that mm. because I have a tendency to say, look, I, I, I am right. Right. And so I'm going to impose my will on somebody else because they're wrong. And, and you know what? They may be. 
They yeah, might be, yeah, but, but but I am going to handle this in a godly way, and so I'm going to I'm going to step back and say this is not about winning the argument. This is about this is about the peace of the kingdom. Mm. This is about about whoever I'm in conflict with, driving them back towards Christ, uh, and us finding that place where we, even if we disagree, and, and like we said already, it's not always bad to disagree. Mm-hmm. God right. brings really great things out of disagreement. Sometimes, mm-hmm. how you disagree is what matters. So, can right. we step back from this and say, okay? Cool. I, I'm glad that's your preference. Uh, I feel really strongly about mine. I love you anyway, and the peace of the kingdom is still there. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's really good. You know, from from my perspective, um, I, I think something that's helped to dispel a lot of my fear in conflict has been to think about the end. Mm-hmm. What is what is the end goal of it? You know, so like Jeff, you're just mentioning like, okay, I got to take a step back, breathe. I'm not trying to win <clears throat> that. dispelling that fear of like the expectation of what would happen at the end of the conflict. Like, Oh, if I don't win, what's going to happen? Or if I don't, you know, say this, then what's going to occur? Dispelling that fear and saying the end of it is that I need to be, I need to be living out the identity that I actually have. The identity that I have is in Christ. So the outcome is not what I want it to be, but whatever God is going to give to us. Mm. And so then being a peacemaker, I'm looking at myself now as almost like a third party in the midst of it saying, it's not, it's no longer me as we right. sing, but Christ in me mm-hmm. is no longer me putting myself forward with my wants and desires and goals, but it's saying, okay, I, I am called to be a Christ follower and bring Christ into this. So whatever he has is the outcome. My job is just to be faithful. Right. Mm-hmm. That's removed a lot of my fear in dealing with conflict. Uh, to the point where I wouldn't say that I love conflict at all. Jesse knows that <laughs> I don't love it, uh, but I'm not scared of it mm-hmm. because the end the end doesn't scare me anymore. It used to scare me, the outcome mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. what's going to happen, broken relationships, you know, all these things. I'm like, well, God's going to do what he's going to do. My job is just to be faithful in whatever it is. If I'm faithful, the outcome is going to take care of itself in God's hands. Yeah. And so being a peacemaker then is more of a practice yeah. than it is a... Like I got to do it right every time. Right. It's like oh, I'm just practicing. I'm practicing mm. being a peacemaker because God's a peacemaker. I'm called to you know we're called Second Corinthians five. We're ambassadors for Christ. Right. We're mm-hmm. appealing for others to be reconciled to God. So appealing also to be reconciled to one another yeah. right. in that process. I think we, what yeah. I heard you say is, "What's my job? What's my business? Oh, yeah, What's my business?" Jesse's favorite yeah. quote <laughs> of 2023 slash 2024. What's my business? I'm writing it forever. <clears throat> nice. What's your business? That was you. You were. You were. You were. Got down. What's your job? What's your business? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, what you described is the telos, right? This. Es- you're almost, I, you're I didn't getting, use it, but I had it in my. You're almost getting eschatological on me, right? Like, like the end of all things. That's, it, yeah. that's what really matters. Right. So the goal or the telos, whatever term you want to use. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to think of those things in the moment when you're heated. Yes, and that's why yeah. sometimes taking that breath or or you know slowing down just a bit, very and remembering what yeah. the goal is it, in all of our relationships. That's something you have to. It has to become a habit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to fail a bunch of times, but you got to keep working, yep. striving to to make that the normal response. Mm-hmm. Right. The, you know that you're you're constantly like okay. Is you want to shorten that distance between <laughs> between reacting yeah, in the flesh yep. and reacting with right. the telos in mind, right. mm-hmm. so it becomes more natural. And yeah. but what you do with that breath is an important part because I would say that's a lot of worldly knowledge would say, oh yeah, yeah, draw attention to your breath, and like no, we're not just trying to calm our body <laughs> down. This is not new age. Right. This is not right. psychology. Right. No, that breath is let me refocus my heart and my mind right. where it needs to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
That's good. Okay, so now let's talk four very specific principles. We we discussed these from largely from Ken Sandy's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's actually written several books, but it's the Peacemaker series. A lot of really helpful resources out there related to it. Peacemaking for everyday families, mm-hmm. peacemaking at the workplace, resolve everyday conflict, all kinds of books. Mm-hmm. But there's four G's that he gives, and they're all based on biblical principles. Right. And they are in somewhat a, a progression of thought, mm-hmm. but they're also cyclical because you might have to come back through them right. in the midst of a conflict. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to cover them here so that you listeners have the opportunity to hear these, but also to encourage you to go perhaps read one of the one of the works that yep. he's written, a short one, probably the shortest he's done, is Resolving Everyday Conflict and yep. very, very helpful read. So here are the four G's of conflict reconciliation. So number one is to go higher. And now this is from an older version. Glor- well, no, we, we mixed and matched, I think, from this one. Because yeah. I think there's glorify, glorify God, God and there's go or higher. Or go higher, Anyways, but The principle here. <laughs> glorify God it seems really big. Go higher seems a little more practical. A little more day to day. Yeah. So that's yeah. the everyday conflict one. Yeah. Uh, but the big principle here is look to God. Yeah. Right. That's the big principle is don't don't start by looking at the situation and just being really angry. So like with that breath, it's that first step of taking the deep taking the deep breath, right? Pausing right. and saying, Okay, now I'm gonna lift my eyes. Right. right. Who is Correct. God? Correct. Who right. am I in Christ? What has Christ done for me? Like we're gonna look, we're gonna look to God first for identity and for perspective right. in the situation. Yeah, seeing that God is still sovereign, and that He can bring glory to Himself through this mess, and often it is at that at a point, right? There's sin yeah. here involved, yeah. and God is not the author of sin, but He does make all things new and work all things together for good. And saying, "Okay, God, you're not separate from this." I'm going to acknowledge you and and be who you, the man and woman you want me to be in mm. this moment, in this circumstance. And so in this too, you could you could imagine an unbeliever cannot start here. Right. So right. then any attempts that they make to to solve their conflicts or to work through them, it will be deficient because they're not starting with even that understanding like, oh, God is sovereign. Like that's not a thought that they have. So the problem of evil is very different to them. But now you can understand a worldview difference. If the problem of evil is only with uh, the person that you see, then that's all you have to manipulate. All you have to do is deal with that person then if the problem of evil is only there. I know you love this stuff. I know. Yeah. Well, with, without the spirit, without being able to lift your eyes, the, the answer is always whatever benefits me. Right. Yeah. The outcome right. manipulate it doesn't matter what what is going to be best for me. And that's not our that's not our end goal. Not that's, that's not, not our that's not the right. aim. Mm-mm. But that's always going to be the world's goal. Mm-hmm. Always. For sure. So the second one then after we're lifting our eyes, we're looking to God, going higher, then the next one is get real. So the number 2G is get real. And this is another version has it as get the log out. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is the principle we have in Matthew chapter 7. We're, we're, we're called before we go and deal with the speck in a brother's mm-hmm. eye, we need to deal with the log or the beam or the plank that's in our eye. And yeah. so the first, the first real practical personal principle, so not just the looking up, is look at your own faults. Right. Yeah. Look at where you've fallen short. What is your contribution to this difficulty, to this difference? Yeah, and that's hard. We, often we want to start a conflict by pointing out everything the other person has done wrong. Yeah. But the reality is a peacemaker first owns their own part. And that could be really small. Like we've talked in different helping mm-hmm. conflict situations where, okay, let's say the other person is 98% of this conflict. Right. It really is their, that much is their fault. You've got 2%, right. but you need to own 100% of your 2%. And right. if you start with a humble posture 
and that getting the log out of your own eye, um, oftentimes it puts the other person's guard down, right? That's fighting, not fire with fire, but fire with water, mm-hmm. right? If you come yep. in humble. Um, and then a part of this is... Um, along with the peacemakers is the seven A's of a good confession, which I never really mm-hmm. thought about this until um, until we were knee deep in the conflict resolution class. But the idea of making an apology, apology, the it, root is apologetics. Mm-hmm. That's really a terrible idea. It's just a defense <laughs> for yourself, right? <laughs> Biblically, we don't see apologies. Biblically, we see confessions and confession yeah. of sins, but we don't know how to do that, right? How to confess our sins to one another. It's very hard. I know. And so I'm going to lay out here for future episodes for reference back mm-hmm. what the seven A's of a good confession are. Um, and don't think about it. I find it helps me not to think about me making this confession, but would I want this confession made to me? Mm. <laughs> because I'm more humble and receive it better that way. So the seven A's first is address everyone involved. Okay. Avoid if, but, and maybe, because <laughs> those nullify right. the confession, mm-hmm. okay? Right. Number three is admit specifically. Yeah. Not generally, talk specifically. Number four is acknowledge the hurt. Mm-hmm. Number five is accept the consequences. Hmm. Number six, alter your behavior talk about how you're going to alter Mm -hmm. the behavior. And then number seven is ask for forgiveness and allow time. And I really love that last one, the Mm -hmm. asking for forgiveness, because when you say, I'm sorry, I'm like a kid on the playground, right? Like, say you're sorry, fine, I'm sorry. I'm sorry is a (laughs) statement. The other person doesn't have any part of it. But when you ask for forgiveness, again, you're putting yourself in a humble position and then you leave it in the other person's court Mm -hmm. because they could say no. Right? right? Theoretically, sure. they could say no. As sure. believers, we're called to forgive, so we mm-hmm. should say yes. But you're, you're, not, you're not just making a statement and a hard stance like an apology would be, but rather you're putting yourself in a humble position and you're asking for forgiveness. Um, yeah, that's, so I, I would like to be confessed to in this way. This sounds very difficult in terms of yeah. how I'm going to do it to yeah. other people. But I, as I first walked through this, I was like, I would really feel like the person got it understood and our relationship could move forward if confessions were operated in that way. And that's, that, it's a great list. It, that's not usually going to be used in a, in a, in the moment, but that's something yeah. if you did like a formal reconciliation meeting yes. where, mm-hmm. Hey, let's get together. Let's see if we can work through this. That's a great outline to put on the table and say, guys, here's where we're headed. Yeah. Right. It's, or- it's really helpful as a habit at least to know the principles, even if not every situation calls for all seven right, of the right, A's. Right. Even you know, for example, like with our own kids, if it's a serious transgression, we'll, we'll actually help them walk through like, okay, did you ask for forgiveness? Right. If it's not as serious, we're not gonna walk through all the seven A's and it is okay. There are moments uh, where a sorry mm-hmm. is perfectly fine. <laughs> like, yeah. That is a, hey, you know what? I messed up on this. I am very sorry about right, it. You right. know, not everything requires the level of detail and attention of the seven A's. Right. We're talking about some really gnarly conflicts where it's been longstanding. You need real reconciliation for bitter roots and, and kind of longstanding hurts. The seven A's is fantastic to help move past those. Uh, those are the ones that usually are the ones we mentioned earlier are ending in breakups and divorces mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. church splits and really heavy situations. But the principles are still fantastic. So if, like if we know those, then even just 
sprinkling a little bit of them here and there and the normal differences that we have mm-hmm. is going to be or, a tremendous. Hit. Yeah, even recognizing yourself. Like you feel like, ooh, I often apologize with an if or a but. So you're, yeah. ju- you're yeah. justifying yourself. You're not really confessing. So you're going to say, ah, like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut, cut that out. When, right. I, when I apologize, confess, however you want to say it, I am going to own what I've done without right. putting any contingency upon it. Even if the other party has sinned, even if they started it, like yeah. I'm just going to own what I've brought to the table sinfully. And that's the first, first personal principle. Get real, get the log out of your own eye. Right. Yep. Then if you do those things, whether it's to the extent of the seven A's or, or even just a simple recognition that, hey, I didn't do the right thing, you know, I need to recognize what I did wrong, then you go to the next stage of gently engaging. That's the third G here, mm-hmm. right. gently engage. And this is the working it out with, with others. Mm-hmm. So you, you have your own issue. You say, here's my log, here's my mm-hmm. beam. I see it, I didn't see it before. Please forgive me, I'm sorry. You, know, you work it out on that side on your end, but you might have other things that the other person brought to the table that you need to work out as well. Mm-hmm. And how we do that also matters, you know, not just wagging our finger, you know, cause like the, if butter, maybe one of the funny ones is, you know, you say, you go back to the garden, you know, but God, the woman you gave me, right. You know, right. it's like, Whoa, blame shifting, you know, right just, away. just went uh-huh. right over, you know, that yeah. right there. So we see all these principles, even from the garden, but starting, starting dealing with the other person after you've dealt with yourself right. and then being able to clearly bring up, Hey, this was hard for me. This was a difficulty for me. This this did hurt me, or I do think that this was sinful towards me, or it may have been sinful, but I don't know your motivations in it. But it was painful for me to hear. You know, you you engage with the other person, you talk right. with them, so we're not jumping to the assumption, but we are staying. Here's the hurt. Here's how I I feel like I've been wronged, or uh, you know, this is very difficult for me. If we're able to go to another person and bring that after we've dealt with the log in our own eye, mm-hmm. well, now it's like we took all the gasoline out of the situation. Yeah, that's the thing. Right. Yeah, de-escalate it. And I think in this stage, oftentimes, this is just something that I often use, is I will try really hard to put their sandals on for a moment. Where, yep. mm-hmm. where are they coming from? How are they hurting? What are they going through in their life? Mm-hmm. It is something they said to me was that, did that come from somewhere that's not even about what we're mm-hmm. in the conflict right, with? Right. But they're they're having a hard time right now. This is a tough season. So if I can put their sandals on for a moment, and and even if I can say, I can imagine this is where you're coming from. And I can imagine mm-hmm. why this whatever happened is hard for you. And so I'm empathizing with them. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, yep. I get it. I get it. This is it's not been hard. It's, look, it's not been easy for me. This has been painful for me, but I gotta I gotta imagine it's been painful for you. Yeah. Now you're now you're moving towards the middle mm-hmm. where yeah. you can find some grounds for to understand each yeah, other. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This step is hard, especially if you're a person who really does not like conflict, right? You avoid mm-hmm. it at all costs. This one's the hard part. Maybe you're like, I can own my own stuff. But then if the other person doesn't own their stuff, pointing out their right, stuff, right. that is really, really hard. And I think that we can feel justified too, like, well, they need to figure out that they've like, you know what you did. You come to me when you when you've you know. We wait for that person to be in that place. Whereas biblically, if we understand the gospel, that God moved towards us, right? Romans five eight. While we were still sinners, right. Christ died for us. Then, as emulating the gospels, we move towards another person, especially if it's a sin or if it's damaging a relationship or any of that, in order to restore them. No, we don't wait for them to be ready too, that we see and we love and care for them enough that we're willing to take that bold step in terms of- To pursue of them. Pursuing them, right. yeah. Right. 
Okay, we are running short on time, so let's try to wrap up the last G here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the promises of forgiveness, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll close the episode. So the last G is called get together. So now at this point, you both have looked to the gospel and you found your identity in Christ. You both have gotten the log out of your own eye. We're talking about idealistic here. And you both have gone to each other and said, here's what hurt. Here's what was hard. Now at the last point in getting together, now it's the the restoration mm-hmm. part. You're extending forgiveness. You're actually reconciling and saying, okay, no more. We're not going to argue about this anymore because you've owned your stuff. I've owned my stuff. We're going to go in a better way moving forward. We're not demanding our own way, but we're saying, Mm -hmm. how can I honor Christ with you? And we're going to take a step forward together. And so biblical forgiveness then needs to be in view. This is a very important aspect. There are four promises of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you going to mention the the four here, babe? Yeah, yeah, I can mention them um, just because I think that unfortunately forgiveness is one of those things that's gotten really twisted. We need a sermon series on we re- it. I mean, oh boy. we would love one, <laughs> Jeff, if the spirit so led. Wow. Um, what do we need to break from Psalms? Either? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Summer series. There's a lot of talk even within like secular psychology and pop culture where like you can forgive someone and cut them out of your life. You can forgive oh, someone and never speak to them again. That is forgiveness and that you want to, you should forgive because it will make you feel better. So it's almost right. this therapeutic, like forgiveness is to make you feel like let go of your guilt of the situation. Right. Um, and that's not what biblical forgiveness is. Right. Um, it's not a feeling and it's not a forgetting either because some people are forgive and forget. That is not biblical, right? In Isaiah um, 43, it talks about how God remembers our sins no more. It's not that he did forgot about him. Like he knows, he knows. He, <laughs> he doesn't choos- bring them up. He chooses not yeah. to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he chooses not to bring them up. It's not excusing sin. It's absolutely dealing with sin, but rather it's that the decision to not hold the offense against somebody. Right. When when sin has happened, pay- they're, they're in debt. Payment should happen. And so it's, it's saying, I'm not gonna require the payment from you. Um, so in that, the peacemaker lays out the four promises of forgiveness. So when you say um, you are forgiving somebody, this is what you're saying. You're saying, I promise that I will not dwell on this incident. Mm-hmm. I promise I won't bring this incident up to use it against you. Mm-hmm. I promise I won't talk to others about this incident. Good. And I promise <laughs> I won't allow this incident to stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. And again, that sounds like a tall order if mm-hmm. I think about forgiving someone that way. But when I flip the reverse and think I want to be forgiven this way, sure, I, this is how God has forgiven us. Right. So if someone says, Well, I forgive you, but I'll never trust you again. And I don't want to speak to you ever again. Right. Like yeah. that's <laughs> that's rough. That's not forgiveness, right? right? Yeah. And obviously there are there are um caveats and there's these are nuanced in some instances, right? If it's a pattern of real, of habit, right? Bringing right. it that's up. Smart. Yeah. Right. Yep. And and um, but it's more that forgiveness is an active and ongoing process. It's not just, well, I forgave. If you're still thinking about it and you're still bitter about it and you're still dwelling on it it, um, forgive again. Like every time it right. comes up, you're making the promise that every time it comes up, you're going to dismiss it. Right. Every time mm-hmm. that it comes up that you're tempted to dwell on how so-and-so hurt you so much, you're going to mm-hmm. say, no, I forgave that. I'm letting it go. So it's an ongoing process because we're not going to forget. Not really. You're going right. to know. It's your choosing not to remember. Right. It's when the opportunity comes up to use it against this person, you're going to actively choose not to do that. 
That's really good. We should have a whole other show on that. <laughs> just on forgiveness? Well, I was saying the sermon series should be on forgiveness. No, I think, no, just have Jesse talk about this. This is great. Hey. No, no seriously, well, the, that's the no, women get amazing. A, a series. Now, that's I, true. We will be talking about I feel it. Like, I feel like somebody might ask the question, follow-up question. So do, does that mean we have to be really good friends? Do we have, do we have to vacation with each other after this? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, here's the caveat to all of this. You know, these are principles and, and good things to pursue in any conflict. Right. However, right. every situation is going to be unique. Right. There are going to be cases where you you are working with the Lord even unilaterally uh, because the other person is not ready. Mm-hmm. They're w- whether they're not a believer or they're just uh, immature believer who doesn't want to move towards unity and peace. And so you might have to do some of these things on your own and not actually have the real world reconciliation, but you have the posture of all of these things. Right. So in, even in a circumstance like that, you're going to work through these principles for your own heart, your own relationship with the Lord. You might not get to practice them with another person. And there are nuances where you might have another person who it does these things and you still, you're just not a good fit. For each other, right? Uh, for, right. You know, for whatever reason, and we're talking. Yeah, it could be a relationship, and you know, guy, girl, but it could also be even a friendship that just doesn't. It's not a good mm-hmm. one, yeah. not a good fit for one another, and that's okay. Right? Not everyone has to be absolute best of friends, uh, but we shouldn't be enemies right. with those who are in the body of Christ. Because one right. day we're going to be eating at the same table together. We're going to be worshiping Forever. Christ <laughs> if we're saved. You know, that's the reality. So we, we can't be enemies against each other. But yeah. no, we don't need to be best friends with absolutely everyone. Right. But we shouldn't also stiff arm them just because of an offense, especially if it's been forgiven. Right. So that, there's, there's, there's a lot of balance there. Yeah, there's two aspects of forgiveness, the attitude of forgiveness and then the transaction of forgiveness because forgiveness can't actually be extended to the other person unless there's repentance. It, to a certain extent, it is transactional. If there is no repentance over something, then forgiveness hasn't transactionally resp- ex- um, happened between these two people. And then reconciliation is not really, I mean, through Christ, all things are possible, but it's not going to look the way yeah, it's supposed to. Right. But we are called to have an attitude of forgiveness, that we are always ready to forgive, that we go to the Lord for that forgiveness and we're ready as soon as the other person offers. I had one person ask me one time, um, what comes first? Did the person ask for forgiveness or do you extend forgiveness? Right. And I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever is that, get there, get there. We're called to that on both ends. We're called to that. So get get there, but it will look different. Not everyone will be best friends, but mm-hmm. like Adam said, I think that's good. We won't, won't be enemies either. I mean, some people have conflicts with someone and then they die. Like, mm-hmm. how do you resolve that? Right. You know, so there can't, in some cases there can't be that, but as much as it lies within you, live right. at peace with all yeah. men. So there is a certain extent to where you go to the Lord and you have that attitude of forgiveness and you release that person of the debt. And still, when you're tempted to think about it and yep. it comes up, you choose to forget it and you dismiss that. So a lot of nuances, a lot of different specific circumstances. Um, you know, we can forgive a pastor who falls from grace, but should he pastor a church again? No, that's not what forgiveness and reconciliation will look like. It'll look mm. different. But a lot of people say, well, let's take these extreme circumstances and so then we don't have to forgive. No, no, no. Read God's word. What does right. it say? We are called to be forgiving people. We've been forgiven much. We should be the most forgiving people there are. Well, I think we've all heard that. Qu- I know we're running late on time, mm-hmm. but we're, this is going to be a long one. Um, how many times have, have somebody come up to you and said, uh, what, what comes first? Do they have to apologize before I can forgive them? Or do I have to do that first? I mean, that, that 
that question comes up, comes yeah, up a lot. It is, yeah. And so I think what Jess said is is perfect. That if it was repentance and forgiveness, then you got the fullness of the picture. But even if you don't have that, hey, I'm sorry, or I, or you still have to have a spirit of forgiveness. Yeah, the posture. You you have to. So it, that when they finally ask, you're like already forgiven. Yeah, it's done. It's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be so nice if it was always the fullness, but it's oh, not always no. going to be because people are unhealthy at times. Mm -hmm. But you, for you, between you and the Lord, you cannot live in that place of unforgiveness. No. Mm -mm. And I think that's the key. Like even we go back to the foundation of the gospel. We go back to the first G, go higher or, mm -hmm. you know, glorify yeah. God. If we're starting there, then we're recognizing sin was actually always against God first. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even against another human That's being. What David says, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is right. I mean, you're in Psalm 51 yeah. right now, <laughs> full circle. So, right. I mean, with that sin being against God first, we're actually needing to reconcile with Him every single time before we can even reconcile with another person. I mean, I Absolutely. said we're nuanced here because you know this is a very big picture topic, but we we need to have that in mind. So, having the posture starts with us saying, "I know that I've been forgiven yes. from God." Yes. So not. By the other person, but mm -hmm. by God, mm -hmm. when I am repentant, He forgives. So you know, like First John one eight and uh, yeah, First John one eight and nine, like mm -hmm. fantastic verse. We confess our right. sins, He forgives us. So when when I walk through that rightly with God, He will restore me. Therefore, I can have the posture with another person when they haven't yet asked for it, but I know that their sin was more against God than it was against me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if I have that stance, now I'm going to have the right posture to say, I actually don't have as much to be angry about because I can't bring them eternal punishment. Right. God mm -hmm. can, right. but right. I don't have that power because they sinned first and foremost against God. Therefore, I can have the posture. It might hurt. Mm -hmm. I might be upset. Mm -hmm. There might be a whole lot of things that are going on in my heart, but... I know that it was actually against God first. Yep. So we can have that posture with, with, with others in the body. It, I, there's so much I know we could talk about this. We <laughs> are going to take on in the upcoming episodes very nuanced situations of navigating conflict with the different kinds of relationships that we have. Marriage is a unique relationship. Family, you know, whether it's having kids or, you know, with siblings or in-laws, there's some nuances there. When you're at work, mm -hmm. oh, everyone's favorite, right? In a secular <laughs> environment with workplace drama and all those things. And then heaven forbid, but conflict in the church. Mm. What? We got to talk about how yes, we work these we out. So in the upcoming Good. episodes, we're going to discuss many of these principles. It's not going to be as exhaustive as this episode is, but we want to discuss these principles in big picture now so we can reference back to this right. in the upcoming episodes moving forward. So we pray that you'll join us along this journey as we continue navigating conflict. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's been great being with you all today. Jess, Thank you for joining us. Since I didn't welcome you on the front end, I will welcome you on our departure. Uh, friends, we pray that this episode has helped you to renew your minds and reform your hearts. And we'll see you next time on The Thinking Tree.